This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Uliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom and Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception to pregnancy and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who have made it from struggling to wellness and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. I'm super excited to share the second interview in our series with Parijat Deshpande. And today we are discussing bed rest and what that is, how it impacts mental health, and how to cope, and some other really good information that I think everyone should know about. Parijat is the leading perinatal wellness expert who specializes in working with women during a high-risk pregnancy. She educates and guides women on how to manage their stress and anxiety so they can have healthier pregnancies, decrease the risk of preterm birth, and give their baby a really healthy start to life. Thanks so much for coming back to be with us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here again. Yeah, and I want to remind all the listeners that we've already done one episode together on high-risk pregnancy, and I'd like to refer you guys to listen back to that episode to hear all of the stuff that happens and can happen during high-risk pregnancy and the things that moms and providers can be aware of if going into that type of a situation. And part of our discussion there, a little piece of it was that bed rest happens during a high-risk pregnancy. And it seems like a really important topic to get a little deeper into and understand what that is and what it looks like. So maybe we can just start there if we can uh, with some basics. Like what is bed rest? Are there different kinds? What does it look like? Yeah, sure. So there are four different types of bed rest typically. And bed rest really just means activity restriction or limitation. And, And it goes across a continuum and there's typically four different types. So the first is what I call take it easy bed rest, which is your doctor has told you to maybe sit with your feet up or to lie down for a couple hours at the end of the day, or for every so many hours that you're up on your feet, they want you to rest for an hour. So this is a really low key, basic type of bed rest. It's kind of, but let's just take things easy Mm. for a little while. Some doctors might ask you to shorten your workday in the third trimester or just generally restrict your activities towards the end of your pregnancy, like standing too long or maybe even working or anything like that. The second type is called modified bed rest, or you might 
hear it called couch potato rest. You really just want to be a couch potato. So you, you're really just taking it easy, but it's one level up. So you typically don't work on this type of bed rest. Or if you have a job where you can do it purely on your computer that you can just relax and recline at home and do it, then you might be allowed to work. You're really usually not driving or doing any kind of household chores. You can, you know, play around on your computer. You can watch movies. You can have people over. A lot of moms are allowed to get up and make themselves a quick lunch or take a really quick shower, but you're really not allowed to do exercise, you know, walking on stairs or going on long walks. You might be able to sneak away once a week or so for a couple of hours, maybe for movie night or dinner out or something. Some moms are allowed to do that. So that's the modified or couch potato rest. Okay. The third is strict bed rest. And that's when your doctor is basically telling you to lie down or be reclined most of the day, most days, except for some really quick bathroom breaks. You might be allowed to take a really quick shower, but you're really not allowed to go up and down stairs. So strict bed rest often have to find a new place to sleep. Sometimes they just make their sofa, their new bed or Uh bedroom downstairs or something. So you're not going up and down throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth is the most strict type of bed rest, which is hospital bed rest. And that's usually if you need constant monitoring or IV meds for any reason, depending on the reason for being on hospital bed rest, you might be able to stand up and take a shower or use the restroom or maybe even go outside and get some fresh air if somebody wheels you out or something. But for some women, even that's not allowed. Some women might be placed on what's called Trendelenburg, which in that position, which is basically having your feet about 15 to 30 degrees above your head. And that's to help gravity keep the baby in. And so some women are allowed to go to the bathroom. Some women are needing to use a bedpan or they've got a catheter in or something like that. Wow. So it could be relatively mild and then going all the way to very, very strict, really not being able to hardly move. Exactly. Or stand. Okay. That's quite a range. It is. And I actually went through this entire range from Um, end to end. So, you know, I definitely feel for each of the moms on different levels of it. Each level has its own difficulties and its own normalcy to get used to and challenges and struggles, which can be hard. Okay. Wow. So that kind of opened in my mind is opening up a whole new world of like, what is going on for mental health? and, you know, how to keep moms okay during that time. But before we get to that point, a little bit more into the mental health aspects, is what kinds of things, if you can give like an overview, what kinds of things would lead to some of these different levels of bed rest? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's a lot of different factors that can make your doctor say, suggest bed rest to you. Now, I I will put a little caveat here that there's research that came out, I believe in 2015, that said that bed rest is no longer helpful and that it's not actually going to prevent anything anyway. And so a lot of doctors started prescribing that type of mentality. And so not everybody is prescribing bed rest anymore. Hmm. So if, if, if a caveat said, if you feel like bed rest is going to be helpful for you, it's important to get a second opinion if your doctor is saying, no, it's not going to matter. So I, I'll put that out there. I, I know we're talking about kind of the advocate yeah. piece a little bit later, so we can get into that there. But I just wanted to mention it here that if your doctor is saying no bed rest, it's probably because there's recent research that's coming out saying, well, it's not 
maybe not that helpful. A majority of the doctors still do rely on bed rest. They still do prescribe it to patients. And there's a lot of different reasons why that can happen. Things like high blood pressure or signs of preeclampsia, mm-hmm. you're having shortening of your cervix or any kind of cervical effacement early on. Bleeding during your pregnancy is often a, a common reason why women end up on bed rest. Preterm labor, if you're carrying multiples, if you have a history of preterm birth or pregnancy loss or stillbirth, a lot of doctors will act early and say, hey, let's get you off your feet early to prevent mm-hmm. that or lower your risk of that happening again. Or you have placental complications, or if your baby isn't developing as well as that you'd hoped and that you want him or her to be, the bed rest is sometimes uh, prescribed at that point too. Okay. Again, quite a range. How many moms are we talking about here who are having bed rest? We are talking about 20% of women every year who are pregnant end up on bed rest. And that number comes out to something around 42 million. No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot. It's a huge number. And that's not necessarily hospital bed rest, all of those folks. Right. Mm -hmm. Any of the four different types. Well, why am I just finding out about this? <laughs> it's a huge number, you know, from a psychological perspective. In my mind, I go straight to like, okay, that's an increased level of stress almost automatically. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so therefore those moms, and we talked about this a little bit in the high-risk pregnancy episode, this type of stress impacts mom and impacts baby you know, depending on how high the stress is and if it's like a severe anxiety or depression. So what do you see as the common impacts to mental health during bed rest? Well, yeah. I mean, we'll start with just exactly what you said. Stress and anxiety are through the roof. Mm -hmm. If you're on bed rest, it's not because you're, you know, taking it easy. You're not having a vacation here. You're worried about your baby. You're on bed rest because something isn't going right during your pregnancy. And Mm -hmm. that can bring up a lot of worries for a lot of moms. And we talked about this in the other podcast too, but there's so much uncertainty during a high-risk pregnancy. You don't know which way things are going to go. Things could change at any moment and your doctor can't predict it for you either, which is really frustrating and really scary. Yeah. And so that stress level is already high to begin with just for that alone. Then you add women who have to stop working to be on bed rest. So then there's stress about finances mm-hmm. and how to manage, you know, your household income. Then if you have other children at home, then how do we take care of the other kids? You know, there's that. There's also when you're on bed rest, no matter what type of bed rest you're on, you're really focused on just your pregnancy and your baby. There isn't a whole lot else going on, especially during the day if you're home alone. And so the anxiety can feed on itself when you start reading into your symptoms and your body and what's going on, the pains and the pulls and the aches and all of that going, what is that? What is that? And then you might turn to Google and that just isn't great for anxiety ever. And so it just kind of feeds on itself. This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. 
episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. On top of that, you have women who are on bed rest of any kind, they're isolated. So you may be able to work from home, but you're not going to the office anymore. You're not seeing your coworkers or you might not be working at all anymore. And so you've been cut off from what could be a really big part of your life. You might not be able to engage with your other children the way that you wanted to, or you might not even be seeing them if you're on hospital bed rest and your hospital's far enough away that, you know, kids may not be coming every single day. Right. And so that isolation really feeds into low mood and depression. And you add on to the fact that, you know, women on bed rest aren't really moving. They're not exercising. There's hardly any exposure to sunshine. And then, you know, guilt and helplessness. I mean, you add all of these things together. It's, I mean, it's a lot for one woman to have to carry on her own. Yeah. Okay. Before I start to get like too overwhelmed by this. I'm not even on bed rest. I can't even <laughs> imagine, you know, that's a lot. That is a lot to consider. There's a lot of life changes, a lot of potential stressors, yes. potential, you know, it's not that like every mom is feeling all of these things, yeah. but it's really quite a lot to consider. And I don't really know how much help there is available for these moms, aside from the work that you do, maybe a couple here and there. Right. Absolutely. And this is, you know, bed rest was really when I was inspired to start this work because I remember going through it thinking, I cannot believe there's no support for somebody like me whose entire life has stopped. And I don't know. I mean, and I'm a, I was a, you know, a practicing therapist at the time going, right. I still need support and there's nobody there. So side note then, in terms of the work that you do, you're able to meet with moms online and kind of meet them where they are then. That's right. That's exactly why I set it up the way that I did is because I don't want them to have one more place to have to go to. And so even if my neighbor was on bed rest, I wouldn't ask her to come meet me somewhere because I'd rather have her be comfortable at home where she is, has her own, you know, world set up. Mm -hmm. And I meet her exactly where she is. And I do all of my sessions virtually that way. So good. So, so good. So essentially, I mean, this is what I'm thinking. Most of us who do this 
type of worker who are working with moms on some capacity should consider implementing some online stuff. Yeah, I think it's so important and it's so helpful. Right. Okay, so how do moms cope with all of this? What, what kinds of things have you found that's helpful that they can consider doing? Well, the first thing that I tell all moms who land on bed rest is the first two weeks are going to be the hardest. So expect them to be some of the most difficult two weeks of your life because it's a really big adjustment. And now hopefully you'll only be on bed rest for two weeks and then everything goes back to being great and that would be wonderful. But if that's not the case and you're looking toward a long stint on bed rest, you know, be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Give yourself time to adjust because this is so new. This is so different than what you're used to. It's not going to click and be easy right away. And then the other thing that once you do that, the other thing I like to tell moms is you are not as helpless as you feel. There's uh. so much that you can still do to protect your baby and that you should be doing to protect your baby. Things like managing your stress and being really honest with yourself about how lonely you are and reaching out for support are so, so important. And I'll say here that for a lot of moms on bed rest, you start out great reaching out for support. You know, a lot of moms understand that social support is important. Having people around is important. And a lot of loved ones are really good about visiting. And then, especially if you're on bed rest for a long time, that does taper off from both ends. Mm -hmm. And so if you notice that you are falling into that bubble and you're not reaching out as much, make it an effort every single day to at least text a loved one to call them, set up a FaceTime date, or invite them over for a girl's night if you can, but make it a part of your everyday routine to keep reaching out. And I know that for a lot of moms, that circle becomes really small because a lot of people, you know, say things inadvertently that aren't very helpful or know that they don't understand. And that's okay. And that's a whole other piece that we can deal with. But then find those two or three people that are right there with you who are going to be there with you the whole time and then stay in touch with them and create that trusted safe circle for yourself because you need that your baby needs that and then kind of related to that is set up a daily schedule so <laughs> act like you're still going to work every day you, know, you wake up at the same time you eat breakfast at the same time you know all your meals you take a nap at the same time when do you call people when are you going to watch a movie whatever it is that you're doing mm-hmm. have that schedule because that predictability can really be helpful in keeping you on track and keeping you kind of focused on the day instead of feeling like you're just floating in this ocean and nothing matters and day and night kind of get blurred together because why does it matter? Because I'm just sitting at home all day in my PJs, right? Oh, yeah. So, so that's really important. Another thing I really like to tell moms, and I personally can vouch for this because I did everything I teach my moms, I personally tried myself, but this one especially really hit home, which is to do something with your hands. Mm. So I am the most uncoordinated person when it's <laughs> that type of stuff, but I taught myself to crochet um, hey. and I made a blanket that's actually in the shape of a trapezoid because I couldn't get it. <laughs> that's why we brought our son home. And cause I was that's awesome. But doing that, you know, there are only so many movies you can watch and only so many books you can read. And at Mm -hmm. some point you're just pulling your hair out going, what else can I do? There's a sense of pride and there's a sense of accomplishment that comes with seeing something physical that you have done or you have made. Right. You spend your time on. So whether that's crocheting or knitting or coloring or sculpting or whatever that is for you, find something 
that it's going to keep your hands busy. You'll see it'll really boost up your mood quite a bit. This is fantastic. I mean, these are really, really great coping skills, I think for everybody, but specifically for moms on bed rest. I mean, it's so tailored to really understanding that while they are limited in mobility, there's still a world open to them and that they don't necessarily have to succumb to that feeling of helplessness. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, along the lines of that, what are the factors that keep moms mentally well during this time? That is such a good question. I'm so glad you asked that because I think that is such an important piece toward maintaining your overall wellness and strong mental health and physical health during a complicated pregnancy. I like to tell moms and remind them that bed rest is a marathon, Mm -hmm. not a sprint. And so you can't be in your 16th week, your 20th week, even your 28th or 30th week looking at week 40 because it's so far away. It's just going to overwhelm you. Uh What you want to do is stay really present and you want to do everything that you can to get to the next day. And we're just doing one day at a time, Mm -hmm. one day at a time, one day at a time. And so if say you were running a marathon, what would you be telling yourself while you're at, you know, mile nine and then mile 15 and it's still so far away? What what kind of things are you saying to yourself? Mm-hmm. Think like, I can do this. I'm doing this for my baby. You're doing great. Lots of positive affirmations, whatever that sounds like to you. All of those things, reminding yourself at what you're doing well, not focusing on how your body is failing you. And I get that. I totally understand that sentiment, Mm. reminding yourself of all the things that you're doing every single day to protect your baby. And I promise you, there are tons of them that you're doing that you're just forgetting to recognize. Reminding yourself of that is really important and giving yourself the energy to go on one more day, one more day, one more day. Ooh, that's good stuff. That's great. All right. I can imagine if you're already in that kind of hopeless feeling that feeling like your body is also failing you. Oh man. Wow. So I really like that refocus on what you are doing well. And at that point, right, you're fighting every day to keep yourself and your baby healthy. And that's amazing. Exactly. So if a mom is on maybe like the more restricted bed rest, even let's say in the hospital, how can they be advocating for themselves with their providers or with their families or whoever they need, you know, Absolutely. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.
No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So there's one thing that I really like to hit home with my moms, which is to learn your body signals. Your body is always communicating with you and it's always telling you what it needs. So if you've got a family member that just won't leave and you don't know how to tell them no and you feel bad and then you have them stay and then you have contractions later and you realize, oh gosh, I overdid it, right? That happens a lot to my mom. Or you're sitting on bed rest and you're feeling something and you don't know what it is, but you don't know if you should call your doctor. You've already called 16 times. Should you still do it? And then moms turn to Facebook or they call their friends going, should I call my doctor? Mm. That all goes away when you listen to your body. So you just get quiet, calm that anxiety and get really in tune with what your body is telling you. You don't have to know what it means. That's your doctor's job to interpret it. But if you listen to what your body is saying, then you're going to know exactly what you need to do, which is, hey, I've had visitors three times this week. I can't take more. So I'm going to say no to my family members who really desperately wanted to come visit this weekend, for example. Or I'm going to know exactly when to call the doctor because something does not feel right and I know I'm right about it. And that confidence is going to help you continue to advocate for your baby by asking questions, getting answers, and getting all of your questions answered in a way where you feel confident about the medical care that you are receiving. And then on top of all of that, the other thing I really strongly hit home for moms, it is your responsibility to get a second, third, or fourth, or fifth, or whatever opinion. Mm -hmm. If something doesn't feel right about what your doctor is saying, talk to somebody else. It is absolutely your right, and that is how you can best advocate for your baby. So good. I mean, this is gold right here, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know about how the listeners are feeling, but this is good stuff. This is amazing information. And I mean, I can just hear when you talk about it. I know you've been through your own personal experience with this stuff, but I can hear how passionate you are about helping moms and making sure that they get through this and that they feel well and that they feel empowered and that they know they'll be okay. And it's great, the work that you're doing. It's awesome. I'm sort of like fangirling over here about it. But it is because, you know, even within the maternal mental health specialty, this is highly, highly specialized work yeah. you're doing. But the population that needs this is huge. Yeah. It's really, really, really big. Okay. So I will calm myself down and we'll get to the <laughs> to <my next laughs> question. So just a couple of other things. I mean, you've mentioned a lot about coping and healing and things that moms can do to advocate for themselves. And that's all super powerful stuff. And since no one's really talking 
not much about bed rest. This is going to be a silly question. What should we really know about bed rest that everyone's talking about? What's that stuff that like moms really need to understand? What moms really need to understand is that this is a long-term process. It's not forever. You know, your bed rest will end. They will take you off bed rest at some point. Your baby will be born hopefully at 40 weeks, but there is an end point. So you want to take it slowly. You want to pace yourself during bed rest because the best case scenario is after your bed rest is over, you're going to have a newborn to take care of. And that is exhausting in its own way. And bed rest actually does impact you for months, even after your baby is born. Physically, it can take months to recover because you have lost quite a bit of muscle mass, possibly your strength has gone down and it takes time to rebuild that. So it wouldn't be surprising if you needed physical therapy afterwards to regain that strength and rebuild that muscle mass and that bone strength again. Mm -hmm. So good nutrition, slowly building up to your exercise level is key. And again, listening to your body and going slow postpartum is really important to getting back to your healthy self. And the other piece is that emotionally it can take many months to recover. Mm-hmm. And you'll have things like triggers and reminders and just kind of the possible depression or low mood that you had during pregnancy could carry over afterwards, which is why it's so important that you take care of yourself during pregnancy. Do all these things to help yourself cope as best as possible on bed rest so that you have less to take care of after the baby's born other than just so you can focus on, you know, this little miracle that you've grown and that you fought mm-hmm. for who's now home with you. That's so a key. Being off of bed rest isn't the end of the impacts of bed rest. That's super important. And I really love that perspective because, you know, we, I think even in like medical community, mental health, whatever, we sort of segment stuff like pregnancy is pregnancy and then postpartum is postpartum. But really this is one spectrum of experience. And I really love that perspective that this is for after the birth also, or whatever it is that you're going to have to be dealing with down the line. It's really important information. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. We covered a lot of ground here on bed rest. And I'm really thankful for this kind of deep dive, deep look into what bed rest is and how it can impact the mental health of moms. And really so much good information on how to help cope. I mean, I hope the messages that are coming across is that if this is happening for you, there is a way through. It doesn't, you don't have to feel hopeless and helpless. And also that if, you know, you need additional support, you can find it. All right, Parijat. So I would like to have you back for another episode. Next time we can talk about how to talk to providers and understanding those kind of interactions that moms who are having high-risk pregnancy or bed rest can be advocating for themselves specifically with their providers. Fantastic. Yeah, I look forward to it. Awesome. So for you guys who are listening, again, please check out the episode before on high-risk pregnancy. And you can find Parijat on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I'll have these notes for you guys available in the show notes for the podcast. So you can find all of her links there. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. By joining us today and listening, you're a part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this free podcast so that Mom and Mind can be found by moms, families, and providers who will benefit from hearing our talks. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. 
please look for resources for help at momandmind.com, where you will also find links and information from today's episode. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.